Power Analytics was founded about uh, six or seven years ago now um, from out of New Zealand. There's a, a real big push um, from the, the, well, the, the entire population, the government really, to step up technology and media and entertainment in particular. Um, uh, we started with really unique technology that allowed us to um, see what people were uh, doing and how they interact with content, right? So, um, and I mean literally everything from like searching for a TV show to watching trailers to um, even pirating content. We were seeing people pirating content and where others saw that as, um, you know, as a, as a no-no, a big no-no, you know, let's not talk about that. Uh, actually, our view was these people are just avid fans and in a lot of cases. And so, so that was sort of the, the initial inception um, of the company. Of course, we're now based in, in Los Angeles. Um, our R&D team is still based in New Zealand. But um, we developed a system that uh, allows us to uh, assess the, the popularity of content across all platforms all around the world. And uh, so you know, our mission is to essentially connect content creators with content consumers. That's what drives us as a, as, as a company. That was the initial mission. That's, that was the mission we started. It's a mission now. It's connecting creators with consumers. It's, that's why we do this. We're able to see all content all around the world and how it's trending. And that means that we can literally find, you know, zoom in on a Turkish drama and see how well that's doing around the world. You know? and, you know, and then zoom back out and then zoom in again on a Portuguese telenovela and see how well that's doing, you know? And so um, having that platform that allows us to see all content, how well it's trending around the world, um, you know, we thought what a, um, uh, a natural thing to do would be is to actually, um, you know, give out these awards, um, uh, sort of like the People's Choice Awards, but on steroids, if you like, like a true global People's Choice Awards. So they're called the Global TV Demand yes. Awards. And lots of people will wonder how you get to that result. Like lots of people wonder how, how Netflix gets to its most popular shows through its own algorithm. Sure. If you were to give us a sort of a, a layman's overview yeah. of where that, those numbers come from and how you decide that. Sure. So what we do at Power Analytics is that we measure all the different types of uh, demand expressions that uh, fans make online, right? So on any given, any given point in time, any given day, two billion people interact with TV content online, right? They're searching for it, they're talking about it, they're critiquing it, watching it, uploading it, sharing it, and, and what have you. And so we capture all of those, right? Playing to all the social platforms, the blogs, you know, search engines and, and, and wiki sites and what have you. And we combine all those signals together into one demand metric. Um, and so the, the metric is supposed to answer the one question that you know, we talked about earlier today, the award ceremony, which is what content do people really want? Right? And that was what we sought to introduce through the measurement system, is, is one single measure um, that answers the question, what content do people really want around the world? And so coming back to your question, now, the great thing is we don't decide anything. <laughs> so that's a phenomenal thing about this is, you know, unlike your traditional award ceremonies where, you know, 20 middle-aged men decide you know, who, who, what the best TV show is going to be, um, we, don't make any, we don't make any decisions, the data is. So we actually don't know who the winners are right, right until December 31st, which is the end of the calendar year when we look at the, at the data. I'm Denise Huth. I'm one of the executive producers of The Walking Dead. And 
we are here because we've just been given an amazing award by Parrot Analytics um, saying that we're the most popular show in the world. It's an incredible story. Robert Kirkman wrote a comic book that I think is very appealing to a lot of people and we've expanded on that in many different ways. It's, you know, it, I think in the beginning it was just, oh, it's that zombie show. And I think what people have realized over time and as they watch it is it's not about the zombies. They're obviously very important and we're very, very proud of them. but really at its core it's a family drama and I think that's how we've seen as Josh talked about when we spoke today it's we hear from people over and over again of this is the only show they watch as a family which on, on one level is sort of shocking and horrifying um, but on another it really goes to show that there's something in it for everybody that a teenager and their parents can watch it grandparents can watch it and get something else out of it um, it's it's such a show about humanity and, and what people do when they're at their worst moment and how some will, you know, I think everybody likes to believe that your worst moment you will be your best self, but I think we all know from reality that that is not often the case. And so we get to really engage with characters who do horrible, horrible things, but usually we get some point in our story we understand why, we understand what happened to them and how they made that choice. And then conversely, we get to see our heroes, you know, our heroes being a relative term on our show, but the people who do make the right choice and the people who do stick together. These characters are facing death every single minute of every single day. It's such an amount of loss. It's a just shocking amount of loss. And yet they keep going. They keep trying each and every day and they keep fighting to stay alive. And I think a lot of times they're not fighting so much for themselves as they are for the people they're with, this family that they have found along the way. And I think that is incredibly accessible to everyone on the planet. You know, we, we have all experienced loss, but it's inspiring to see somebody keep trying. Is the anatomy of the show any different? Because I imagine the engagement with the audience happens in a lot more places than on the television screen, as this award proves, really. It's a sort of a social currency, an entertainment currency yeah. that crosses beyond the small screen to, to every screen. Yeah. Do you engineer that into your production and how do you do it differently? Do you make conscious decisions about producing for the digital age? <laughs> Fundamentally at the core, we're telling the story. You know, I think Angela Kang, our showrunner, is, is a great fan of the comics and, and a phenomenal writer. And she started on the show in season two. So she came in already as a fan when she started and now she's running the show all these years later. She definitely approaches everything for, with story first, no question. But she's very smart. <laughs> you know? She knows who those characters are and the stories that are gonna get the fans really, really excited. She, she is very smart about not only how she structures her individual episodes, but how she structures the season. You know, we air eight and eight. We air eight episodes in the fall and eight episodes in the spring. We know what that mid-season finale is gonna be. We know what we want people talking about in those two months that we're not on the air. Um, she really has a very good idea of what is the next thing? You know, we had a huge challenge this year because Andrew Lincoln left the show, and we all knew this was going to happen. Um, and I think the fact that the audience is was so engaged leading up to that, and is equally engaged after he has departed, I think that is a wonderful testament to Angela's ability as a writer because she, you know, there's a lot of people. Our our audience is so passionate, and you'll hear everything under the sun. They get really, really mad at us, and then they're really, really happy with us, and. I think the expectation on that was a lot of people just assumed Rick would die. And when he didn't, they were so happy. And then moments later, you see we've jumped ahead six years and there's 10-year-old Judith. And it's just like, wow, wow, wow. And you, you have to keep going. You have to keep following this journey. And, and that obviously, that's a storyline that doesn't exist in the comics. That was something Angela and the writers came up with. And she thinks about it. She really thinks about 
how can we honor the source material and honor those really devout comic book fans, but also keep it interesting and compelling enough and surprising enough for the fans who don't read the books or who now we're in a situation where Rick is gone and Carl's gone and all these, these characters who still exist in the books. So there is a fundamental idea sometimes in, in how, how do you keep this going? And a lot of that honestly stems back to Robert. Robert Kirkman, when he first started writing the comics, he talks about how he always loves zombie movies, but they always end. And so he wanted to create the zombie movie that never ended. So obviously people die. <laughs> it happens. It's, it happens a lot on our show, but how do you keep that story going? And I think that's something that um, we've done a good job at constantly introducing new characters who can engage with the audience in a different way so you don't feel like you're seeing the same story. And even when beloved characters like Rick depart and fly away in a helicopter, um, you can still be hooked in with Michonne and Daryl and Carol and everybody who is still there. What do you do around the show to make sure that it has a life beyond the, the television screen? As AMC spearheads so much of our social content and they you know, come down while we're filming and we film a lot of promos and commercials and different things that they can do that they can utilize when we're not on the air. The demand for content is massive. Um, and so we do, We've, we have a few things that, that are really set out to do and our actors are phenomenal. You know, these actors have gone from being relatively unknown to some of the biggest, most popular actors on the planet. You know, Norman Reedus was just a guy, you know, when we started. People knew who he was because of Boondock Sanks, but this show has changed his trajectory of, of the awareness of who Norman Reedus is, is insane to me. So when we first cast Andrew Lincoln, I just described him to people as he's the guy from Love Actually who was in love with Keira Knightley. You know, he held up, that's how we could describe him because nobody knew his name. And now he will be Rick Grimes forever and ever, you know. Um, it has been a just stunning, turn of seeing people continually embrace the show and, and despite the fact that we're season nine now um, it keeps growing it just keeps the engagement and the fans and people who want to see it go on forever and ever that's pretty rare for any television series let alone a cable series let alone a series with a horror element you gave an award also for the most in-demand show in the digital world which was um, stranger things yes. on netflix tell us a little bit about um, that show and why do you think it's done so well it was you know, it was quite a unique show in that it broke the mold for a lot of, um, of not just Netflix, but other digital platforms' original content. Um, because of the relatively recent model of telling fans, that, hey, you have 10 episodes now. Mm. You know, go fill your boots. Um, that is, was a new thing for fans. Obviously, they loved it because, you know, they just want more of the story that they like. But it was a new thing for the industry in the way they think about monetizing content because historically we've had the network model. And so what it did mean though is that these digital platforms learned and are still learning about how to monetize um, all at once releases versus episodic releases because the advantage that episodic shows have is that they sustain audience demand for 10 weeks or 16 weeks in a year, as opposed to a, you know, a digital original that releases all the episodes at once. We have 10, 12 episodes of a season. And what ends up happening that we see, if you imagine individually, uh, is that you get a spike during the first week of release, because that's when everyone's binging on it. There's a slight decline, and then there's a, what we call a second weekend binge spike, where people finish watching the season. And you literally see this in the data. And you know, what's scary is that that same chart is replicated in all markets around the world. Like people, it turns out people around the world watch content the same way. 
right? I mean, we're old people. So you see a spike in the first week and then it declines and you see a second spike in the second weekend and there's a really rapid decline after that, right? So actually from a, a, a unit economics or a business model point of view for these platforms, you have a shorter life cycle of audience engagement on the platform from 10 weeks to two weeks, two and a half weeks, three weeks if, if the show is great, people you know, engage with it over three weeks. But once you finish watching the 10 episodes, you're kind of done with that show, right. right? Until the next season. Right. And that's a challenge for digital platform because that means they have to keep pumping out this content to sustain their, their audience's engagement. Now, come bringing this back to Stranger Things, the reason I said it broke the mold is that that show sustained its demand for eight, nine, ten weeks after the release of, of the entire first the season. Yes, the word of mouth was absolutely massive. And we actually saw this, the demand for it start to spike three, four, five, eight weeks later after it's released of the full season, you know, it's, well, we're seeing it starting to pick up in Turkey now and it's starting to pick up in Brazil, it's you know, like, yeah, that there's, there's these markets that are starting to spike for the show many, many weeks after its release. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's a testimony to, I think, the risk that they took um, making that show um, and the, obviously the, the way it's made. So Denise, how are you going to keep uh, The Walking Dead uh, number one in the world? You know, I think it's what we've done is be very true to who we are. You know, we know what what the show is. We've always understood from the very beginning why we loved it. And I think that that's the thing you always have to go back to as storytellers. Um, it's, if you start chasing your tail and start trying to figure out, well, do they like this and they didn't like that? Um, you kind of go down a bad rabbit hole. And for all of us who work, you know, like I said, I've been on the show longer. The only one who's been here longer than me is Robert Kirkman. So <laughs> it's to be a fan and to continue to read the comic books and, and know where he's taking the story. For us, it's just still finding that those new and surprising ways to surprise the audience with what these characters can do and and what they will encounter. You know, there we've done two time jumps just this season, so we're now 10 years into an apocalypse, and that's a very, very different world than it was in the pilot when Rick Grimes woke up. And that, again, I think was something so smart that Angela did to sort of get us further in and change their knowledge of this world they now live in. And I think that's always exciting for the audience. Everybody has their, you know, this is what I would do in a zombie apocalypse, and this is how I would live. But I think what is so compelling about the show is at a certain point in time, almost anyone still alive is very capable of killing a zombie. It's how do they live with each other is usually their biggest downfall. So, and that really isn't that different from the world we actually live in. We'll look forward to what happens next. Thanks for spending time with Thank us and you. thanks for launching these awards. Thank thanks very much. Thank